Welcome to a Come Follow Me podcast, everybody. We are so excited to have you with us. This is a podcast for seminary teachers by seminary teachers as we discuss the Come Follow Me curriculum and what it might look like in our classrooms. Okay, Brian, uh, let's talk to seminary teachers for a second. Just so everybody knows, we've been recording straight for podcasts for a bunch of college students. So rolling into our seminary teacher. So I'm going to pull up guide. We're on the second half of Jeremiah. Recording for an hour and two minutes. That's pretty good. Is that how long we've been going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we're still producing gold, bro. Oh, man. No, I'm, I'm just hitting my stride. Okay, so all right, this is interesting. So this week, as I'm looking at the pacing guide, um, the teachers had a doctoral mastery verse, but next week is the first time in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Actually, this is the first time this semester they don't have a doctoral mastery verse this week. These are we're charting new waters this semester with this. Yeah, this what will you do all week? Well, so what I've got in my pacing guide, you got Jeremiah uh, lesson 139 and then 140. And actually, I separated 140 into two different lessons. Um, wait, wait, huh? Well, because wait, one what? lesson 140 in the seminary teacher manual has Jeremiah oh, 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 and then it has and then it had lamentations in the same lesson. And because this is actually because yeah, that's come on me, right? Yeah, this is a lighter week um, that you might want to. Um, I, I separated the two. Now, I also put in here on Wednesday because we want to keep doctrinal mastery ever present. So whether we do a review or we do another practice, uh, I, I, I put in here a video I shot last summer called What is Doctrine? Where I basically take them through the Anthony Sweat, um, Eric Dirkman oh, yeah. model of the four circles of, and, and it's just, a, it's a good refresher. It's it always, I use it so much when I teach institute students, when I teach missionaries, just when they ask a question, we talk about, well, what is core doctrine? What is supporting doctrine? You know, we do that kind of a thing. And then, and then I give a Friday as a kind of a flex day. But, you know, I did a thing on Monday when I went and visited a seminary class um, that I, maybe I'm going to make a micro idea out of it just to, just to share a little bit. But this is what I did. She, we, I was kind of talking with the teacher and I said, well, what do you want to do? Do you, want, do you just want to teach and want me to observe? Do you want to teach, team teach together and we plan something? Do you want me to just teach? And she goes, you know what? My kids were really excited when they heard you were coming. And do you mind just taking us through some doctrinal mastery practice? And I was like, okay, cool. And so while I was driving from the hotel to the class, it was about a 25 minute drive. Um, I was thinking, you know, I've had the for strength of youth on my mind. You know, we talked about it last week, a bunch in our podcast. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, uh, I, I introduced, I can't remember if I shared with you Foursquare, the, where you start with a yeah. conclusion and then you go back to the beginning of worldly assumption, then you go to the eternal perspective and then you go back to where you are with it. I thought, yeah. you know, there's been some reactions that I've, I've seen a pattern of reactions to the for strength of youth from, from both the young crowd and the old crowd in the church. But it's essentially the same reaction. And that is from the young crowd, I've heard a lot of kids say, awesome. Basically, we get to do whatever we want. We get to There's no more rules on tattoos. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yep. And then from the older crowd, I've heard, great, we're just going to let them do whatever they want. Right. And it's kind yeah, of, yeah. how are we supposed to govern these little rascals? Right. Yeah. So, so what I did was uh, I, I had them divide their page into four quadrants and then in the, to practice, I said, we're going to practice thinking like a disciple. 
So the principles of acquiring spiritual knowledge, which came to me this morning too, to, to phrase act in faith, examine with eternal perspective and seek further knowledge through divine sources. I phrased them this way. When, when we're talking about acting in faith, we're talking about making deliberate choices to come to Christ. That's what acting in faith is. And yeah. when we're talking about examining from an eternal perspective, we're talking about kind of getting out of this world and its limited view and kind of getting above the veil and just seeing things as they really are, as they really were, and as they really are to come. But the only way we can actually do that accurately is if we tap into when God has done that for actual prophets in the scriptures and, and living prophets, where they've, they've been given an, an eternal perspective through vision, through scripture, through teachings. And so we're going to try to do that a little bit today because, you know, we've got the, the for strength of youth is different than I've ever seen it. Like we've never, but yet this seems to be following a pattern of higher and holier that we've been seeing at least since uh, preach my gospel in 2002. And yeah. so I put up there in the conclusion, yay, we get to do whatever we want or, oh, great. They get to do whatever they want. That's the conclusion. And then I had them work their way through. And, you know, so like what, why would people feel this way was the one box, but, but the box that was the, so we're talking the left quadrant bottom where we're trying to examine with the eternal perspective. I just gave them a chance to either go to the for strength of youth pamphlet itself or go to elder Uchtdorf's talk where he kind of explains it. Or if they want to think any other scripture, but what would you put in there that helps us understand what God through his prophets is doing right now? Oh, they did such a good job. A lot of them mm -hmm. looked up agency and they just were trying to figure out agency and opposition. Um, one, one kid went to Elder Uchtdorf and had some killer insights. A bunch of them went to just making choices at the beginning of the book. It was so good. And it took totally the whole hour, you know, like we yeah, didn't yeah. have enough time for the last quadrant to say, so how are you feeling about it? You know, but so uh, this is a great week to do something like I that, would think right? so I mean, because you've got room. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean that that is the beauty of a flexible week um but sometimes that's our fear of a flexible week we feel like we're going to yeah. run out of stuff yeah you've been teaching for Which, a long time you're not worried about running out of stuff i never worry about running out of stuff why not is that because you just know so much stuff you can just always pull stuff out of the air <laughs> no that is not no um there are always well there's a couple different things i have found the value of having healthy question and answer sections okay. not all the so this time would be, this would be a good week to do that this is this is a great week to maybe do part of a class doing that how do you set that um, up i do again, a lot of anonymous go oh, ahead and show us how, how do you do that so i do anonymous question and answer and what i the way that i do and i've got a couple different ways i'll hand them all a piece of paper and i'll say listen i don't know your handwriting this is anonymous you can ask anything you want and in fact I am excited to get questions that you would feel maybe uncomfortable asking if you were attached to the question. If you've got one of those that, you know, and then I will put, you know, 30 subjects up on the board and I'll say, your questions don't have to be limited to this, but this just can get your brain going. If you've got a question on your mind already, great. But if not, and I'll have up there mission preparation, uh, temple covenants, uh, scripture study, yeah. uh, sticking church history questions, uh, prophets, uh, blah, 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 repentance process, whatever, those kinds of things. Um, other times, if we've had a week where we've kind of focused on the temple two or three times just because of the block that we've been in, right? At the, on Friday, I'll say, okay, we've got 30 minutes left. I want to do a little anonymous question. You can ask anything you want, but I would love if you have questions focused on the temple. 
And uh, usually about 70% of the questions will then be temple focused. And it seems to be kind of a great way to wrap up the week if that's been a subject that's come up a lot. So I can I can just hear the anxiety. Uh, I can I can feel it from some of my teachers because that's all great for you. You've been teaching for 25 years or whatever it is. Um, how are they going to like if a kid fires off any question, they could fire off any kind of question. How do you go about approaching answering those questions in a way that's actually going to bless them and not just you shooting out of the your rear end, you know, what Brother Mickelson thinks? So, so here's two rules. Uh, rule number one for me is I will always respond positively to the question. So no, if the question sounds like they're taking a dig at the church or they're really questioning, you know, never take that Joseph bait right. or, or whatever. I always say, I am so glad that you'd be willing to bring this up in a seminar. This is the perfect place to ask a question like this. I really compliment their fullness. And I am absolutely willing to say, this is a question that I don't think I have an answer to right now. Give, I'm going to work this weekend and Monday, we're just going to start with this one or tomorrow. I'll, let me do a little research on this one. Um, I love your question. Let me look a couple things up. So, and I don't, and, and I try to show them that I don't feel bothered that I don't have the answer. It doesn't bother me at all. If I don't know mm -hmm. the answer, everyone's got to do research. You don't have to have the gospel memorized to know it's true. So, you know, for me, I, I, you know, I had students once in a class say, sometimes when someone who's not, you know, who's kind of critical to our faith asks me a question, if I don't have the answer, I feel like they won that one. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's a race to of, the to the first dig or the first zinger. Yeah, and, and first time someone says, I don't know, the other guy can go, aha, see, gospel isn't true. And I'm trying to show my youth, oh, that's not a thing. You you don't need yeah. to. Why, if they bring up some obscure church history moment, why would you have that one memorized? That doesn't yeah. mean you don't know the gospel. In fact, so they're, counting on you, you. they're counting on you not having that one memorized. Yeah. yeah. So um, don't let them weaponize it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's probably helpful for all of us to remember, especially teachers, that your ability or inability to answer a question doesn't suddenly make Joseph Smith not have a first vision. Like that's yeah. that's not up in the air based on it your ability. Change of the Book of Mormon was translated by the gift right. and power of God just because you didn't know exactly which hat Joseph used. <laughs> right. So, but there is great power that comes from a vulnerable teacher, a teacher who's willing to say, all right, well, I don't know that one at all, but we do have some principles of acquiring spiritual knowledge that we've been practicing. So let's let's use those, right? That that actually modeling that rather than just always showing students a polished end product is probably way more valuable. Yeah. I, I also yeah. would maybe recommend this. This is something I find I do all the time with the missionaries because they I, I do question and answer with the missionaries every week and they've got all kinds of stuff. I love missionaries because- they're studying the gospel like they've never studied it before in their life. And they're meeting all kinds of people, teaching all kinds of people. So they're getting all kinds of stuff. And it doesn't matter. They like, I almost would say at least half, if not more than half of their question starts with, okay, this is a weird question. <laughs> it always starts like that. And, um, and I love it. I'm like, oh, bring on your weird questions. Because what I do is any question they have, there is a core doctrine at the heart of it. And so when I hear their question, I, I start thinking in my mind, okay, what's the real question? What's really not being understood that matters? Um, the, the outcome of this thing. So like um, on Tuesday, the question was, does Heavenly Father love Satan? Okay, this is a weird question, Brother Anson, but does Heavenly Father love Satan? Or no, no, no. Her question was, um, is, is Satan still a son of God? That was her question. 
And, uh, you know, that's a weird question. I've never even thought of that, like in my life, right. but I'm thinking, what, what are we actually asking here? You know? And, and when I, we talked a little bit about it, like I, I asked a few more questions, just like, I'm trying to understand what, what do you mean? And then what we, what we then started to look at were scriptures that explained what God has for those that he calls his sons and his daughters. And, you know, there, there seems to be different levels of sons and daughters. There seems to be, I am a child of God, which we've sung since primary, which is our pre-mortal reality. But then there's also this covenant, covenantal sons and daughters, like that King Benjamin talks about. There is like an exaltation status that, you know, Jesus talks about in section 84, or uh, John the Revelator talks about in Revelation 3. Anyway, but getting to the heart of what is the doctrine and then finding those scriptures um, is, is been a really useful key. Also, if they ask a question about a scripture, it's always advisable to go to the scripture itself and read oh, it, what it actually yep. says. Not, not the parable. all get the words, the mm -hmm. exact words that are there. Yeah, yeah. because more often than not, the answer is already there. They just didn't say it. Or their question is starting from a misreading of the scriptures in the first place. So, yeah. Yeah. So let me throw two more rules in our principles in sure. with this that you've got me thinking about. The number one, which we've already talked about is if the answer is, I don't know, then the answer is, I don't know. Yeah. We, we there, if it's not been taught, if there isn't a doctrine or principle on that, it's even okay to say, well, I mean, I think, I have some things I think I understand about it. I have some opinions, but there is not a. But I can't back it up answer. with scripture. And I'm not, so I'm not going to share it. Number two, I do not give advice. This is not, if a kid says, oh, what should I, what don't. should I do? I, that's not my job. My, that, so I always talk to them about counseling with their parents and the ward leaders, their young women leaders, their young men leaders. Um, even though I am the bishop of some of the youth in my class, I'm not their bishop sitting there in the room. So I don't, I, I'm not doing that. So whenever the kids, I just don't give my opinion when they say, I'm kind of struggling with what should I do? If I have friends that I'll say, well, let's talk about some principles that go with that. But I don't know what you should do. Uh, I do not know what you should do. And I'm never going to know what you should do. Well, that one sounds like, that sounds like a hard one. Like you could easily find yourself giving advice. Like I could, I could see a kid saying, my parents are getting a divorce and I'm just really struggling to not be angry with them. What should I do? Yeah. I could see like principles of principles surrounding. That's great. Right. Yeah. But then but to, but to not, what to do. I never will know enough about their circumstances. Right. And it feels too good to give advice. It, it, it feels too pridefully good to give advice. It must not be healthy. You know yeah. what I mean? So, <laughs> so you, you gotta, you gotta, exercise some restraint on those if i don't think i'm good at that good. i always have an opinion about stuff so i'm probably not good. oh yeah oh yeah me too <laughs> yeah i always know the right thing everybody should do yeah. um no i think that's really helpful and and i do think if we're trying to create a place that is relevant and belonging um and converting right those are the three words we keep using obviously yeah. taking them to the scriptures and having those lessons that's our bread and butter um, teaching them how to think like a disciple through doctrinal mastery. That's also our bread and butter. But then having these moments, especially on a lighter week, um, where we can just maybe have it be a little less formal of a lesson and, and really giving the kids, like if, if you can convince them that you really do just want to know what's on their minds, you really are curious, boy, they're going to, they're going to love you. They're going to love that class. They're going to feel safe there. 
And um, that's kind of, that's the belonging that we're looking for as well. So this may be a good opportunity this week to do that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, let's, uh, let's call it a day. What do you say? Let's wrap. Let's wrap. Thanks, man. This has got to be some kind of world hey. record. Five podcast episodes in a row. You did it.